Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Hi, I'm Drost, and welcome to another episode of Making Bank. Today's guest is Manuel Macu. Manuel first appeared on the show a little over a year ago on episode 18, which we released on July 5th, 2022. Today, he joins us to talk about Mosaic, a distributed knowledge network he founded and is building. Hey, Manuel, welcome back to Making Bank. How's it going? Hey, it's going pretty well. How are you doing? Good, good. It's great to talk to you again. Like I said in the intro, it's been about a year since we actually had a chance to chat in this environment. I can't believe that so much time has passed. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we were talking a little bit about this like before we started. And it it, like doesn't really make me feel good. But it's also like how everyone always says that things take much longer to build than you anticipate. Like, Like the overnight successes are really never overnight. It's like several several years in the making and several hundreds and hundreds of hours of just like putting stuff out there hoping that it starts to take traction that it finally does and then then the world starts to see it so it's just uh, it's wild that it's been a year so far yeah yeah it is crazy and it's actually going on two years it's august and let's see you got into web3 crypto space and i think like october november of 2021 and that's when we met and so yeah it's it's been interesting to see how you've you've been iterating on what you came to the DAO with, or came to Bankless DAO with, because I remember your passions, you've really been passionate about creating opportunities for people and then building memorable experiences around that. And you've been trying to kind of find a path forward that that incorporates those aspects. Am I right in, in that assumption? I mean, based on yeah. what heard you say. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's been kind of like a long journey through those two, like one, like to find what that passion actually was. And then when I found it, starting trying to start a, a, a lot of different companies and a lot of different industries all centered around those two things making memorable experiences and creating opportunities and even though it's been a long journey uh i think i've finally found it with mosaic so i'm like kind of all in with mosaic and it's definitely been one of the more fulfilling things that i've done very cool now, when you first came on the show, you were, you were calling it Mass Effect at the time, and then you iterated on that. And I had seen there's probably some other branding things out there that were a little bit of a conflict with that naming and stuff. Yeah. So that, if anybody remembers that episode or heard Manuel talking about that before, that is what this has become. And so now it's Mosaic. Yeah, that's one of the many, many changes that have happened. And yeah, that was probably the first podcast we did. I also just want to like give myself a little pat on the back for... Please. Um, like being more comfortable with doing this podcast because when we first started i'll be a little vulnerable here like i didn't want to do the podcast uh i think you reached out to me and was like hey like i want to share this story you're doing some interesting things with you know by back then it was called mass effect and i was like no i don't want to do it i don't like i don't like I remember podcast <laughs> and now it's like i feel I've, i'm starting to feel a little more comfortable so it's like give myself a little pat on the back and like e- literally like 30 minutes ago I sent a message to someone else who wanted to do a podcast that I had originally said, no, I don't want to do it. Uh, and then I was like, no, what? yeah, I'll do it. So I said, I sent him a message that says, screw it, let's do it. 
which is a, a phrase that one of the people I really look up to, Richard Branson, he's like, my idol, I love everything he does, and screw it, let's do it, is one of his phrases. So that's kind of like my attitude right now towards podcasts or is like making video or just I'm getting a little bit more comfortable. So that's exciting to see that personal growth. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, it's like anything else. You you have to step a little outside your comfort zone, right? And just know that you you have confidence in what you're trying to say. And it may not come out perfectly the first time or whatever, but you iterate on that. You see what resonates. Things kind of <laughs> flame out. And this is just a, the fact of trying to build anything at all. And, and the fact that we're still here two years later, uh, iterating on what we started, what you started, what Bankless Now started, and through the crazy... FOMO times and now what everyone's calling the build period. I almost feel like we were battle hardened, if you will, and, and have learned so much about what doesn't work and then some things that really do and maybe things that, that you didn't realize were important that are now. Anyway, uh, I'm bringing that up for a reason. And that is that I, I uh, did a little more homework on you since we scheduled this and you had been on another pod recently and I did not know a little bit more of your your origin story there and you part of your background is that you ended up landing on psychology in college after going into the sciences and not really digging that stuff not really enjoying that but then really enjoying psychology and getting into sales and I found that pretty interesting because there is a lot of psychology in that and you've basically been from, not to tell your story for you, but I mean, you started from door-to-door stuff all the way up to business-to-business relationship sales and everything in between. And I, I just wanted to bring that up because this speaks to your tenacity, I think. Yeah. And it's funny. So yeah, that, the podcast you're referring to is, is uh, about, it highlights like diverse founders. So I think everyone that they have on their show is uh, either women or minorities in, you know, whether they're respective field or just the world. And so, yeah, I did that podcast. And I think maybe that was the one where I started to get a little more comfortable. Uh, Cause like, so that was my third or fourth one. And I, and maybe that was just like the tipping point. It's like, I've had enough practice with talking or, and also just like, maybe just don't care as much if I stumble on my words or, or make a mistake or something like that. Cause one, there's always editing, but also it's just like part of being human. So I think after that, so I just, I, I did that maybe a week ago, uh, a week and a half ago, it came out a few days ago. And that's when I was like, all right, let me hit up Jost again and we'll do like an update. So yeah, I did talk a little bit about my history in that one. You're right that, uh, you know, I landed on psychology after having two majors before then. I started with biology and then I went to math and then landed in psychology. And then you yeah, did a, a long kind of like cycle through a bunch of different sales jobs, different bunch of different cities. And now I'm like committed full time to this entrepreneurship world in the Web3 world and working on this crazy project called Mosaic. So like I said before, it's been a long journey. Hopefully this is like the light at the end of the tunnel and uh, I can make this actually work out. Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. And so we'll get to Mosaic in just a second, but I want to touch on one other thing. And and this really speaks to you being a founder and iterating on ideas and being very, very focused and disciplined. And you have done a triathlon, and it was the first one you ever did. And you trained for quite a while for that. You went through a lot of phases of understanding yourself over that process, didn't you? Yeah, 
that was like one of the most fun and like most stressful times of my life. Yeah, I, I trained a long time, probably more than the typical triathlete does. I started, so the race was in August and I think I started right in January. So it was just about eight months and I started so early because like I could barely swim. Like I, I've always been able to like swim, meaning doggy paddle, like I can tread water not drown but <laughs> yeah i i'm able to be in a pool or an ocean or a lake and not drown right. i can survive but swimming like competitively or in a race is completely different and it's also just a completely different kind of cardio like i i can run for a while like before then i was able to do a half marathon i don't really have an interest in doing a marathon but i probably could do it but being in a pool, I couldn't swim more than 25 meters, which is like one length without being completely gassed. So I was like, oh man, like if I'm going to swim a mile in a very rough lake, I did it in Chicago. And if anyone's familiar with Lake Michigan, it's cold. not your typical lake. It's like it's the cold. ocean, like the waves are intense. It's very cold. Yeah, they're, uh, we were actually like, they've canceled the swim a few times because this the lake was too rough and people have died in that lake, whether they're sober or or intoxicated yeah it's it's an intense lake so when i did it i was like uh i didn't want to like finishing wasn't enough like i just i wanted if i was going to do it because it's a major commitment like i'm athletic and i don't want to just like half-ass something that i do athletically so it's like I'm, finishing isn't enough like if i'm going to put the time into this i want to actually like do really well and maybe not place but do you know be like somewhere in in this in the standings like in, in a high enough rank that is being okay like that eight months of training was well worth it and I, like i'll give myself another pat on the back i think i did really well like all of the <laughs> how many people participated in that approximately i need to look it up so like that was right at the I guess, it's, I don't know if the pandemic is technically still, I guess it's still a thing, but like this was when it was like kind of like winding down, but still very much there. And they weren't sure if it was going to be canceled. A few other uh, triathlons that year were canceled. So because of that, there was a lot less people that showed up. But I think, I hope I don't get this number wrong. I think there was still like 1,200 people. I think usually there's over 2,000. But I think right, for this one, there was crowd. about and you, and you finished. Yeah, still, and you finished. Yeah, I, I finished. I uh, so in my age group, I got in the low eighties, and then or no, sorry, in my age group, I got like twelve uh, oh, overall. Wow. I was in the low eighties. Wow. So I'm very happy with that. Yeah, yeah. I was, and it was so much fun. Just like being on the bike, you're going fast too on the bike, and. Uh, I felt like it wasn't like in a race. I was like fast and furious, like passing people. It just felt <laughs> really good and had a lot zone. of fun. I was smiling like the entire time. Yeah, I was definitely like in flow state, but in like having having the best time of my life. That's fantastic. I mean, I really I just I wanted to digress on that a little bit because I really don't think it's a digression. I think it it speaks to the fact that that when you want to do something and if you're serious about it and you have a passion for it and you really want to make it happen. I mean, you know, it's going to be painful. It's going to be outside your comfort zone, most likely. But yeah, you have those flow moments or you have that, that those things happen. And that's, those, that's what makes the whole thing worth it, even though there was a lot of pain along the way. And frankly, if you knew how much pain it was going to be at the mm -hmm. beginning, you probably wouldn't do it. 
And so it's it our yeah. brains kind of work that way, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, exactly. There's stuff. Yeah, it was tough, but so yeah, yeah. Anyway, but that I I wanted to get to that also because it speaks to discipline. It speaks to wanting to accomplish something and be very very focused about it and and just and just uh, work through the the pain and the setbacks and stuff. And that really speaks to founding an organization and working with other people. And so I that uh, might be a good segue into talking about Mosaic and how this came to be and where you're at with it right now. Yeah, well, good segue. So Mosaic is a, is a question and answer platform, a knowledge sharing platform. If you're familiar with Quora, it's very similar. If you're familiar with Stack Overflow, it's very similar. You're asking questions and you're looking for experts to answer them. The difference and what makes it, what will make it progressively more Web3 is by integrating things like different blockchain technologies, using things like verifiable credentials to make sure that they're actually experts in things that they say that they're an expert in. I think I might have used this example in our first episode, but for things like Quora or I think even Psych Overflow or a lot of these question and answer platforms, even things like Twitter or Reddit, you just say the expertise that you say you have. Like I, I can say I'm a Harvard grad. I can say that I had a job at Google as a product engineer. But then, so when you're answering a question, me as a learner, if I'm receiving this information, I'm going to take that information with so much more weight. But it may not be true, first of all, like the person who made that claim on their profile, like they may not have that experience. As a test, I did the same thing on Quora. I said I have a master's degree in computer science from Harvard, and I, I definitely don't. So I'm trying to fight that, or I'm trying to create a space where learners can trust the information and the knowledge that's being shared with them because they're confident that the people who are sharing that information and are teaching them are actually experts in, in what they say they are. So lately there's been a good amount of energy or just like momentum, both with like Mosaic, but also just the, the conversations I've been in around the idea of sharing information. And that's also like one of the reasons why I wanted to get on this pod again with you. Super. Well, I was looking at the proposal that you had put up on forum.blanklist.community. I think it was about eight months ago, and that was the draft to the proposal, and then you've updated it since then, I believe. You can update me on this, but it says here that you were in five communities. I don't know if that was at the time or if you've updated it since, but yeah, you're in multiple communities. Banklist DAO is probably one of the one of the first, and that's the first place you started in Web3 back mm -hmm. in November 21. It's great, actually. I loved it when you came back and you'd been iterating on this, and you're like, hey, can we maybe integrate? mosaic into the server and start banging on it and it was well received and i personally just to be quite candid i have not had a chance to bang on it myself uh, just other things but i'm super super excited about that and so what have you learned what kinds of questions are people getting what do you think is maybe the next step here i know there's a lot of questions bundled in there but maybe start with what kind of feedback you're getting yeah i'm, I'm getting a lot of really good feedback especially from the different communities that i've been integrated in so like yeah i think at the time i was in five now there's six or seven that's been like my main focus is just to get the expert communities, the well-respected communities integrated in their Discord server. And then now I'm kind of like switching the focus from, okay, like now we have, now I have like all these subscribers kind of like I've, I'm in these communities. I've like earned the trust from their admins. And now it's time to like, actually like, okay, let's like create some users and like create some more like activity and get more deeply involved with these communities. So it's kind of like my focus 
right now. And and yeah, the feedback from the community has been really great. They see it as a feature to like offer their their members, regardless of what the focus of their community is. Like maybe they're an NFT community, maybe they're a DeFi community. Regardless of what the actual focus is, their members themselves have a very diverse set of interests. And they see it as a really good feature to be able to support their like Web3 learning journey and areas of expertise that they may not have. So if they're a DeFi community and they still want to support people's interests and they want to give them a portal into different NFT experts, then they can do that with Mosaic. The way the integration works is you ask a question in a channel. And this is actually, so this is live in the Bankless DAO server. The channel, I think it's called Mosaic Q&A. So you ask a question in that server and you put a tag. So let's say it has to do with NFTs. You put the NFT tag. Then when you hit send, it automatically gets routed to all of the relevant expert communities that have already opted in to help you out and answer your questions. It goes directly to their server. When they answer in their server, the answer goes back to your server as a reply to your original question. So it's just a really interesting and cool way to connect with different communities that maybe you didn't even know exist. Like when I was mentioning before that when I'm trying to start a business in a new industry and I don't know where those communities are, like as a self-learner, you don't have to necessarily know where they are because Mosaic will do it for you. It'll automatically route you and connect you with those relevant expert communities to help you out. Very cool. I didn't realize it was um, cross-community that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like the main like selling point. And Discord integration is first. I mean, there's a lot of different integrations that I'm exploring, maybe Slack. And then, of course, there's still the main web app. Like if you go to mosaicnetwork.co, that's another entry. So if you put a question in there, then it will also get routed to all the different Discord servers, eventually different websites. I have a lot of plans for this to scale. Like the Mosaic integration with Discord is just the start. And then it'll just kind of uh, hopefully spider out from there. Great. And I think I remember you saying that um, part of the reason for starting with Discord is it's, you know, for lack of a better phrase, low-hanging fruit. It's an easy place to start where there's already a lot of bot integration and things like that where you can implement something pretty quickly and iterate on it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like a startup 101 is go to where your audience already is. And I'm starting with like crypto knowledge, like if someone has a crypto or Web3 question and everyone in crypto and Web3 lives on Discord. So it was kind of an easy decision to integrate with Discord. Great, great. So how does one opt in in one of these communities, whether it's Bankless DAO or one of the other communities that has opted to integrate Mosaic into their Discord server? How do you validate expertise? How do people opt in? What's that mechanism? Yeah, yeah. so as I said before, like progressively Web3, right? So right now, it's like social status, right? Like a social reputation. Right now I'm handpicking the communities that have been kind of like battle tested. So Bankless DAO is well-known, well-respected. Alchemix, well-known, well-respected. And now I guess the next step is to build usage. Win those yeah. Communities. Yeah, that's exactly right. So up until this point, like you said, my main focus has just been researching the communities that I think would be a good fit and also that I'd want to work with in the future because any kind of partnership or relationship that I gain, I want it to be something that has the long term in mind. So working with those communities and also the ones that can actually offer a lot of value to the learners by offering their expertise. So 
that's been my primary focus. So now that I have a decent amount of communities and their server sizes are pretty large, like I said before, I have about six to seven communities. If you aggregate all of their server members, it ends up being somewhere between 200 and 220,000 people. So now it's like, okay, now my focus is to activate those people, like get more involved with the community. I kind of see the numbers in the server as kind of like subscribers or maybe even just like website views. <laughs> and now uh, I guess my job as the founder, or like from a business pr- perspective is to activate those people, like let them know that Mosaic is a thing, that it's a resource that they can now take advantage in their communities in their Discord server and turn them into users and get them actually to use the the, the resource that's available to them. Great, because that, that actually has been a, a big challenge, I think, in pretty much every Web3 community, trying to figure out how to onboard people effectively. I mean, I know at Bankless DAO, we do new junior sessions and we repeat those, I believe, they're every month. And, you know, we don't always have a lot of people in those sessions. And so it, it can be hard to run a live session on a regular basis and you don't know how many people are going to show up and we're not the only ones struggling with that. And so, uh, as you had mentioned before, that one of the core benefits here is the community see it as a way to really help support members in their Web3 journey and kind of an automated way. And you're still connecting with real people as opposed to just a, an expert knowledge base. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it is a challenge, but I'll give you a secret, really a secret, but money talks, apparently. <laughs> One of the ways that I wanted to do kind of like a fun little activation program or experiment or event uh, when the bank is stopped server. So I decided to do a contest and I'm giving away 50,000 bank, which I think this will be like, so yeah, money definitely talks. And I, I put like a little like... Um, uh, message in the forum and uh, in just like the DAO general channel, like the general chat channel. And a lot more people that responded than I anticipated. And so, you know, we're collecting entries right now. Actually, by the time this goes live, the contest will actually be out so I can actually share some of those details. So I'm giving away 50,000 bank. And yes, it's like, you know, financial incentive but there's going to be like a decent amount of rules so like people don't just try to game the system not trying to sign up multiple times with multiple wallets there's going to be a few different like safeguards and the main reason is because i still want quality content in in uh on the platform like i don't just want like a bunch of nonsense just to like take advantage of this contest that i'm running i still want it to be very legit and i still want to facilitate good conversation and good transference of knowledge but the way it works is you get points. So just like the general, the way the platform works is every question you ask, every question you answer, upvotes, downvotes, marking a question is solved. They all come with a certain amount of points. And so for this contest, it's called the race to 100, meaning whoever reaches 100 points first gets the grand prize of 32,000 bank. So the total prize purse is 50,000 bank. The grand prize is 32,000 bank, which is enough to earn your L1 status, which is pretty cool. Uh, The next prize is 12,000 bank. And then the last one is 6,000 bank. Like I said before, every little activity that you do earns points. So if you ask a question, I think you get one point. 
if I forgot what the actual points are, but I think if, if you ask, yeah, listeners don't, don't take this verbatim, read the contest rule. Yeah. The read the contest rule, but regardless, you get points for asking questions, answering questions. But the trick is you also get points taken away if you're trying to cheat or you put like just a bunch of gibberish just to try to rack up points. So you lose a point. If someone downvotes your answer, you lose yeah. a point if your question or your answer gets flagged as being inappropriate. So an inappropriate could mean anything from just like general, like nasty or typical like internet rules, like be respectful. And so if your question gets flagged, you'll, you'll lose points. I'm trying to still facilitate good conversation, good questions, good answers, good transference of knowledge. And so hopefully the financial incentive mixed with these system will achieve that. Great. Super. And I was just curious, you know, since, I mean, there was a, the discord integration, I'd actually gone to the website mosaicnetwork.co. And from there you can go through and you can see some of the questions and answers and stuff, but you need to uh, log in either by linking your discord or by connecting a wallet. Now that I do have a question is now I'm part of the Bankless DAO community. So I was able to connect my wallet and I can see things that are in the Bankless DAO area there. Can anyone join and be able to see, or do you have to be a member of, of that community to be able to see any of that? No, and anyone, yeah, you can see any question on the web app. Yeah, the web you can app. see any question, any answer. The web app is like the primary hub where everything gets sent into. And then each individual community, you see the questions that are related to that community. So a community can subscribe to certain topics. So if you're a DeFi community and you want to only receive DeFi related questions, then you'll only see those in your server. But at mosaicnetwork.co, you'll see everything. Okay, cool. Awesome. I, I wanted to mention that because if it's not implemented in, in a community you're in in their Discord server yet, you can still go to the website and check it out. Yeah, exactly. And that's like one of the main goals that I'm trying to do here. Like I want to provide a space where where the learner is instantly connected with experts when you don't know they exist. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but that that what you just said allows that. So even if I don't know even what Discord is, but I want to explore the crypto space, then I can go to mosaicnetwork.co as the main hub and do that and be automatically connected with all the expert communities that I don't even know exist yet. Very cool. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. So right now, um, you and I talked offline a little bit, and it was my understanding that you're really wanting to focus now on these these communities you've already been accepted into uh, in terms of integrating into their Discord, establishing trust with the admins. And so where do you see the next phase of this being to really expand and validate the use cases and see what's working? So while I'm focusing on crypto and Web3 right now, this could be scalable to and will be scalable to all industries. Like eventually there would be a crypto hub, there would be architecture or environmental science or chemistry or, you know, in any kind of AI, especially um, AI will probably be the next logical move once the concept has been proven and the crypto kind of phase is, is moving and, and humming. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm probably going to stick on the crypto and Web3 for for a little while, at least until it gets proven. But yeah, then it can really spider out to any industry. Uh, and that's when the real opportunities begin. Because then you have 
a lot of different people with a lot of different interests, all kind of like in the same room and using Web3 technology or just the Web3 principles allows you to really take advantage of the opportunity. And I think that's why it's so important that this is being built in a Web3 world. Like I've called this Web3 version of Quora. There's two like real primary insights or beliefs that I have. One is anyone can be an educator. You don't necessarily have to be a a teacher or you don't have to be in an institutional or educational kind of environment. We all have information that others want or need. I, I can share knowledge that I have no, no matter how trivial or how significant. There's someone else out there that wants to have access to that information. So anyone can be an educator. And also it doesn't have to be linear, like the transfer of knowledge right now in the majority of these either online platforms or universities, it's very linear. Like there's a teacher and there's a student and knowledge gets transferred from the teacher to the student. But there's no reason why that transfer of knowledge needs to stop with the student. And by using Web3 and the ideas of composability, where any other organization or builder or community can take advantage of the information that knowledge is being shared, you create kind of a circular loop. Especially so now that that transfer of knowledge has happened from the teacher to the student, now the student has information that's brand new. So why not incentivize them to share that with the next person? And then incentivize that next person to move to share that knowledge with the next person and so on and so on and so on. Pay it forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just continue to move the knowledge from like from surface to surface to surface. Like it's transferring energy. This is like an analogy I used to use a while ago, where when you transfer energy, it doesn't really stop, you know, it keeps going. So there's no reason why knowledge can't be treated the same way. Just continue to move knowledge from person to person to person. And when you do that, you're able to solve the most difficult problems much faster because you're getting the right information to the right people. And it's not just stopping. You're incentivizing it to continue moving. So that's why I'm in the Web3 world, um, looking at decentralized storage so other people can access the information that's being shared, the knowledge that's being shared, basically allowing other communities and companies to plug into this so they can also take advantage of all the knowledge that's being shared. Yeah, I think in many industries and even within individual organizations, there's a huge problem with siloed information. And, you know, yeah, we've absolutely. talked about decentralized science before on a very cursory level. And, and <laughs> you and I both admitted privately, it's like we don't know a lot about that yet. So we're not going to talk a whole lot about it. But the fact of the matter is, in a prior episode, we had talked with um, Renee or Saul Thorne from TalentDAO, very focused on decentralized science. But one of the issues there is that it, there's this, there's a couple of things. One, a replication crisis that studies that had been done years ago were not replicated to validate their results. And so we're, basing decision-making upon studies that were never repeated. So that's one problem. Another problem is, again, the silos of information. They're behind paywalls. If, let's say, a university or a particular organization has funded some research, then that paper gets done. The paper ends up behind a paywall and, and never to be seen again by the public. And this is a huge, huge problem that Renee had uh, highlighted there. And 
talking with a couple other folks like Flow Science, Elijah Spina, who's very steep in there. He's a molecular biologist, if I'm not mistaken. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, they're very aware of this problem of not being able to share knowledge and elevate everyone's level of expertise. So, yeah, it's a huge problem across industry. Yeah. DSI was one of the very first like use cases in my head that I was exploring before I even knew what decentralized science was. I just always thought it would be so cool if hospitals or like anyone in the science and the medical industry could come together, share information, ask questions, share the research that they were working on and somehow collaborate much faster than they were. And then like, you know, we solve cancer much faster or there's all these really rare diseases that don't have cures. And by incentivizing everyone to share the information, then, you know, we can get to that solution much faster. And then I just, I dove into crypto and Web3 and learned about things like DSI. It's like, oh, it's just kind of all coming together. Like I'm starting to see the real opportunity. Like it's not just kind of like a made up pipe dream in my head. Like there's actually an opportunity in all these different areas within crypto to start. And then, like I said, we're moving to all other industries. So it's, it's very, it's very, very interesting, very exciting. Cool. Very exciting. Yeah. I, I actually got my hair, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up when you started talking about that because it really does have broad application. Uh, all right. Well, how do you want to segue here? What, uh, where do you want to end up? We've, we've really covered what, what Mosaic's all about, what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, so what's next for you? Obviously growing these, you mentioned the raffle. Is that US only or do we have to look at the details on your website and stuff for how that's going to work? There's a link to all the contest rules. It's 18 and over. U.S. resident, you don't have to be a citizen, but just a resident in the U.S. to qualify because it's like anytime there's money involved, there's a bunch of legal stuff. Right, right. And I just wanted to point that out because I'm sorry, international folks. I know we do have an international audience and I apologize for that, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> but there'll be other ways to reward you. And yeah, don't let that stop you from actually like getting the real benefit, which is being able to access experts with questions that have previously maybe been really difficult to get. So the, the financial incentive is there, yeah, but also the ability to gain new knowledge is also there. So take advantage of that. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, Manuel, it's been great chatting with you again today. I'm really excited about what you're working on. I'm really happy that these communities that you've initially gotten into have embraced the tools so so well. And really, it's a matter of gaining usage. And you know, I'm guilty of not having banged on it much yet at Bankless DAO. Well, next and time we talk, I'm, I'm going to say like, hey... How many questions did you ask? I'm going to put you on quota and you have to ask three questions a day. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, uh, I'm on notice now. <laughs> All right, Manuel. Hey, um, do you have any places you're going to be IRL uh, coming up in the near future or what are the best places to find you online? Are you going to be doing any Twitter spaces or any places where people can connect with you? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, the best way is Twitter. Uh, I would love to do some more Twitter spaces. Uh, we'll probably schedule a few with some of the partner communities a little bit down the road. So keep a lookout for that. Best place is, is Twitter. My personal Twitter is just my name, Manuel Maku. I'm pretty easy to find across all social platforms. And then my Mosaic Twitter is Mosaic Network. And there's two underscores because apparently Mosaic is a very popular name for a company. <laughs> so. Had to get a little creative, but yeah, it's Mosaic Network with two underscores. Super. We'll put a lot of stuff in the show notes. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Manuel. It is fantastic to have you back on. I always enjoy chatting with you. And uh, I know there was a question about whether or not you were going to go to permissionless, but 
time. Yeah, we can uh, hopefully. Talk about that offline. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, well if you do end up going, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to go. Just uh, we'll see if I can actually make it work. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks again, Manuel. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. This has been Making Bank, the production of Bankless DAO. If you'd like to learn more about Bankless DAO, please visit bankless.community on the web for more information and how to get started. And of course, if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, and follow on your favorite podcast platform.